Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. Drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me for my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. If I sound very tired, it is because this is a very late night edition of the Road to Atlanta podcast, because this is the Braves have just turned in all four picks from day one of the 2022 MLB draft, and this is going to be our bit of a recap show. We're going to be kind of, uh, I guess, moving at a relatively brisk pace on this show because, frankly, uh, it is re- as of recording right now, it is 12:40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, and in a few hours we're going to have to do round round two of this with day two of the draft starting at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So we're going to make sure we get this this kind of recap to you guys. But I could not do that by myself. We're going to have I have two co-hosts on this episode first we have garrett spain you can follow him over at braves milb on twitter garrett how are you doing buddy well i'm tired but uh threw back a few coffees so i think i can uh truck through the show and talk about some new players in the system uh, i'm i'm definitely uh, hitting the caffeine pretty hard too and also joining us on this show is our resident draft guru and uh, amateur baseball extraordinaire, Matt Powers. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Uh, just having an exciting day, getting to see a couple of new players get added to the system. It's one of my favorite days, of the favorite couple of days of the year, I should say. Yeah, Matt lives by, lives for the draft. And I will say that just kind of top-line thoughts, and I'll kind of throw it to these guys too, and I'll go to Matt first. This was among the more interesting day ones I have covered while covering the Braves. I, I mean, the the Braves very clearly had a plan back when they, you know, they drafted Ian Anderson under slot and they were able to get Joey Wentz and Kyle Muller. They had those deals lined up, and, like, that was obviously a great move after that. It was you know, a fairly standard draft beyond that. But this one was a really interesting draft and one where the, the, the strategy 
honestly still isn't quite apparent, but but good things are happening. Uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, the Braves did add four new players uh, on day one. It was uh, their the 20th overall pick was surprisingly a prep uh, arm, Owen Murphy, who's actually going to be starting off his career as a two-way player. He's also going to play some shortstop, it sounds like. And then they also added J.R. Ritchie out of uh, Bainbridge High School in Washington. Cole Phillips was the round two pick. Uh, he's out of a high school in Texas. And finally, they added uh, Auburn University reliever Blake Burkhalter with their final pick on day, day one. Matt, I, I just... Like this, when we went into today, we just thought that there was either a chance they could, you know, really go in on Dylan Lesko. Uh, if, if he fell to him, obviously that didn't happen because the Padres ended up snatching up and broke Garrett's heart on a number of occasions today. Uh, that, that particular uh, organization is not, uh, I'm saying they're going to probably gonna get Grisman's cards from Garrett, but we thought that was an option. We thought that college arms were going to be an option, and instead they kind of just came out of nowhere for us and grab some prep arms. What were kind of your top line thoughts before we kind of get into the 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 pitchers, you know, name by name for our listeners? Uh, I mean, pretty much what you did. I came into the draft with Lesko as my clear number one choice for who I wanted to see the Braves get. As we got a little bit into the teens, I started to see Cam Collier drop the kid who was originally a Georgia and Atlanta area high school kid who went to skipped his senior year of high school to go to JUCO, and he got really close to the Braves going off at 18. I don't think he would have gone 19, so I think if he was able to get past Cincinnati at 18, he would have been there at 20, and it would have presented a very interesting choice for the Braves to make, but obviously the Reds went over slot to get a guy who was rumored to go into the top five as recently as within the last 48 hours, and uh, that didn't end up happening for the Braves, but they ended up with some very interesting arms, a uh, trio of them. So still, even though I didn't get the two guys I wanted to see the most, I did see a lot of talent added, which is really all you can ask for. Garrett, what about you, man? Can I, what are your top line thoughts before we kind of talk, we start talking about Murphy and all the rest of the class? Yeah, I think it's a, uh... It's definitely an interesting class. I think when the first pick came out, we were all kind of in this, like, what do they have planned kind of mode? Because Murphy, we had kind of seen him connected once or twice at 35, but we had not seen him at all in the conversations for 20. So when Murphy came up, we were all kind of like, okay, something crazy is going to happen. And they got, I believe, a very, very, very good collection of talent and guys that are going to fill out a weak bottom of the system you know the lower levels of the system are very weak and they're going to help a lot to fill that out yeah i think that this is again the, the best way i just know the word i know how to use is interesting because uh you know three, three prep righties and then uh, and then a, a righty reliever out of auburn was not anywhere close to what i thought was going to be happening at the end of the day and you know, I guess we'll start here, and I'll start with Garrett's thoughts first. You know, the the Braves draft Owen Murphy. Uh, you know, after the pick was made, and they get on the call. The you know Dana Brown talks a bit about him, and he kind of talks about more of him as a pitcher. But Murphy talks also was in on the call, and he said that he's going to be at least starting his career as a two way player, which is again is pretty interesting and pretty fascinating. It sounds like Murphy was a very highly regarded prep arm uh, maybe more highly regarded than the industry was even giving him credit for it sounds like teams are really on him uh, as a pitcher so talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on murphy and what do you think about him going forward 
Well, I will say we very, very recently, about five minutes ago, got an update from Mark Bowman that the Braves have contacted Murphy and told him that they view him as a pitcher. No two-way player. I mean, he. that's not to say – I mean, I guess uh, he could still play shortstop. But according to Mark Bowman, they, he is going to be a pitcher. So we're evaluating – we're going to evaluate him fully as a pitcher. If he ends up playing a few games at shortstop, we'll come back to it. But for now – we're going to evaluate him fully as a pitcher, which I think is his role long term. And I like the arm. I think there is somewhat limited upside compared to a lot of guys that you typically, a lot of prep arms that you typically see in the first round. He's not necessarily that guy that you see that could be, you know, a number two type starter. But he has a really solid base of pitches here. I mean, I love his uh, breaking balls overall. His arm talent is. Um, reasonably good. There's not a whole r- lot of room for projection there, but he throws his pitches well. And overall, I think that he's a player that I I don't as a 20th overall pick, right? Like he's a little underwhelming. But when you look at it in the context of the whole draft, he sets up a lot of situations for them. He's a great athlete on the mound. They love very athletic pitchers. That up at the top of the draft, they tended to go for the most athletic pitchers they give they've given money to guys like Schaver and Schwellenbach who they knew were athletes and so he fits even though he is a prep righty he fits their mold of going for those athletes and they tend to trust their ability to develop guys and get them more velocity more spin at the major at the professional level and they're probably trusting that with Murphy as well and overall I think that's a solid arm and in the context of the whole draft it makes a lot of sense, even if it's something that we hadn't done a whole lot of necessarily digging into the way that we had other arms. Matt, what about you, man? Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Murphy. I know that those have kind of evolved over the course of the evening. Well, the Braves finally drafted a right-handed prep pitcher in the 20s, and unfortunately for us, his name is not Daniel Espino. But uh, I swear to God, Matt, that's better be the last time that I hear Daniel Espino's name during this draft coverage. Or I swear to God, I'll fire you. <laughs> but uh, I was not overly excited with the pick. I, I didn't really view him as a first rounder, although I did talk to somebody after the draft who had told me that they heard multiple teams had called him the number two pitcher on their board, prep pitcher on their board to just Lesko. So that would mean over Porter over Barriera, so that made me reconsider a little bit on what I was thinking about him. Obviously, he's from a cold-weather state. He's a two-way player, so you're getting untapped potential in those areas, which will help make up for the fact that he doesn't have that much projection left on his 6-1-190 frame, but he's obviously very athletic. The fastball is solid it it could potentially be a plus pitch i'm not quite sure if it gets there or not i think the slider might might become a plus pitch the curve and the changeup should both be solid he does throw strikes uh the delivery is pretty good i think just a couple minor tweaks are probably needed as he goes forward but i mean what prep pitcher doesn't need some kind of minor tweaks to their delivery but all in all it's not the most exciting pick and obviously I do think the bat would be a legitimate fallback if pitching never worked out for him which I'm not saying it's not going to but you are talking about a legitimate day two bat if he was drafted on just his bat so you can't forget about that backup plan that you have with a guy like that 
it's just a very solid pick, even though it's definitely not going to be the sexy pick like uh, Porter would have been. But you can't complain with the pick, I guess, is the best way to describe that. Yeah, this definitely feels like a pick where the Braves kind of were evaluating their underslot options, and this is a bet on your scouting department, feeling like that you got a guy that you can get at a reasonable rate, and we do think that this was an underslot pick uh, with their first-round pick, and that it, how do I put it? You're betting on your scouting department to found a talent that is going to be worth significantly more once you end up paying for it. Um, and that's what you always look for in the draft. But in this particular case, like this, you know, there's a lot of questions, you know, like what does Murphy look like when he's just focusing just on pitching? What does he look like when he gets into a pro environment where he's able to throw all the time as opposed to being in a cold weather environment? Um, you know, can you get maybe a little bit more velo out of that, out of his fastball? But again, there's a lot of, there's high spin rates on it, on that fastball. I think that, that I'm interested to see if the, he keeps his cutter uh, in in pro ball because again it kind of looks like a slider at times and you know to be able to get you know opposite handed hitters out I always like the idea if you have a good cutter it's a really you know a really interesting thing and if you also have a change up while having a cutter uh, that that can lead to some pretty unfair at bats and within reverse uh, split uh, platoon situations. Uh, you know, I do wonder, again, the, the fastball is just, you know, wh- what's the quality of that going to be once he kind of gets into a pro system? But it seems like that, you know, when scouts got to look at him, that he was just, you know, throwing the crap out of the ball. Uh, again, wh- what's been kind of widely reported is he's going to kind of in low 90s, but, you know, it seems like that the numbers were significantly better than that. The, the velo was probably a tick higher than that when this, the Braves were looking at him. And it seems like a lot of teams were really in on him. And, you know, maybe that when we see a guy who's, again, ranked like in the 40s for a lot of these these publications, he was actually significantly better than that uh, in the eyes of at least some teams. So this seems like the Braves could have gotten, have, might have gotten a, a bit of a gift here uh, at, with, with Murphy. It, you know, with any prep arm, it just remains to be seen kind of how they develop, what happens when they're in the pros, what changes they need to make, and, you know, how they're able to kind of implement getting into a pro system and pitching every fifth day. All those things are tough for prep pitchers, but he's, this is an exciting arm to be sure. Uh, with their next pick, which is going to be the first uh, the per- pick that they uh, acquired from the Kansas City Royals uh, not that long ago, they went with another prep arm, another prep righty. Uh, in J.R. Ritchie out of Bainbridge High School. And, Matt, I'll give you a chance to talk a little bit about him first. Uh, this is a guy who, again, seems to have really live stuff and is a, a name that we weren't super familiar with going into the draft because we just didn't think this was going to be a demographic the Braves are going to be kind of playing in when these we thought these guys were going to be available. But, I mean, the Braves end up popping him, and this could be a really fun arm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this kid, I was excited the second I heard his name. I mean, he's got a fastball that is in the upper 90s right now. It's gotten up as high as 98. He's got the projection on his 6'2", 185 frame. So it's not impossible to picture him hitting 100 miles an hour, not that far into the future. He's got a massive slider, uh, really a swing and miss pitch, a decent enough curveball and changeup that has some potential. He does throw some strikes. Uh, doesn't really play the best competition. He is also obviously a cold weather arm. Uh, they're going to have to buy him out of his UCLA commitment. But there's a lot of upside with a guy like this. And the thing about him is there are some similarities to Murphy, uh, mostly that he's a prep right-hander who has good breaking balls, good command, a promising enough changeup. Uh, I think he's got a little bit better of a pure fastball than Murphy, 
but he's an exciting arm. And if you're looking at just him and not looking at what this does with the entire rest of the draft, this guy is a borderline first rounder, someone that you could see going in that 25 to 40 range anywhere in there, regardless of what the price tag on him is, just based on talent alone. So you can say that this is basically just a second first round pick right there. Garrett, what about you, man? What do you like about GR Richie? Any thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, one of the great things with Richie is, is he has he's shown that he can throw all of those pitches and get outs with all of his pitches. And you're looking at a guy that, you know, those deep arsenal type of players that can come in and really succeed usually fairly quickly at the lower mining level. Because if you can mix in a changeup at the lower mining level, you know, mix in a good slider, stuff like that, those guys at that level can't really hit it. Um, I, one of the concerns with him is, is there are reports that his fastball shape isn't the best. Now, that's something that the Braves, again, we've ta- I talked about it with Murphy. The Braves are confident that those are things that they can tweak and they can get a fastball moving on a different angle and allow a guy to play up. Or you can move in it into being more of a sinker ball type pitcher. And so I think his fastball will need some tweaking to unlock the, you know, to completely unlock its potential. You're looking, I mean, the velocity is there. We love the velocity. And so getting the angle right with his other pitches and allowing it to play up is going to be part of his next step. And overall, I mean, I love the pick. I think that's a great value in the second round. And it was kind of the first indication of where they were going with this draft and where they were kind of spreading out the talent. And it's just, it's a fantastic pick. Well, in the comp rounds, it's a guy that I really like and I'm excited to see in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a guy who has, I mean, you alluded to that he gets out with all, all outs with all three of his pitches and that's because he really can command all three of his pitches. He has confidence in all three of them. It's they're like, you, you could see all three of them getting better, but all three of them are like, he know with what they are now, he knows what to do them to get outs. And again, Oddly enough, kind of like Murphy in terms of physical projection, uh, like that, like these guys aren't exactly like you're not going to see them add 20 pounds of muscle or anything like that. These aren't six, five guys that are really lanky and then they, you know, get into a pro system and eat right. And all of a sudden they, you know, put on five miles an hour with their fastball velocity or anything like that. But I mean, Richie just he's just knows how to pitch and is really I mean, he has this and that's not calling him a pitchability guy. I mean, like, you know, talk about an upper 90s fastball and, you know, a good slider. The, the changeup really is, seems pretty good as well. But, I mean, this is like a two-time, like, Washington Gatorade Player of the Year, and he, he's been around the, the, the various showcases. And, he's, again, this is he, – he can just – knows how to pitch and has real stuff. And maybe the Braves think that, you know, with all the characteristics of their pitches that they can make, make some adjustments and get more out of them than even what they're putting on right now. It's it's hard to be upset with, like, this level of talent. Uh, I, we do think this is a little bit of an overslot pick. We're not exactly sure how much more they're paying for, for Richie overslot here, but it does seem like he's going to be – he's going a little bit – they're going a little bit over here. Um, so taking some of those savings that they had from the, the Owen Murphy pick. We'll see how that we'll see what happens. Um, but you know, getting a guy away from a UCLA commitment where he would have been a draft eligible sophomore, that's going to take a little bit of money. But that's also you know speaks to kind of what the Braves must think of him. The, the stuff is just really live, and 
you know, maybe they can get another ticket velocity out of the fastball, but I don't think they necessarily need to. I think they just need to kind of get that the breaking ball and the change up where it needs to be. Uh, you know, Garrett's point about the shape of the fastball is certainly relevant. Uh, they're really good about te- on how to teach the way they want their four seamers to look, though. Uh, it seems like they, I mean, other than guys who can't throw hard, um, uh, which is kind of a separate problem. Uh, that when they get into the brave system, they kind of know how to attack the top of the zone and get the the kind of backspin that they want. So it seems like they they have a they should have a plan in place for him. Uh, and at the very least, this is again a high quality arm and worth a, a worthy bet uh, in the first comp round of the 2022 draft. Uh, before we get into the round two picks and we round this thing out so that the rest of us can get some sleep, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Garrett, let's knock this thing out. Uh, we have two more picks to talk about, and uh, both these were happening in the first round, or rather in the second round. Uh an injured arm, uh, and not the ones that we were thinking. We were thinking that there was a possibility that the Braves are going to be taking one of the Kurt College arms, you know, Landon Sims or a Peyton Paulette or even a Connor Prelip if he had been available. Um, you know, all those guys we thought were going to be potential options for the Braves at the in the second round coming into this draft, but that isn't what happened. They did, however, take a Tommy John arm, and it is a very exciting arm, although how much it's going to cost to actually bring him into the fold is an open question. And that is Cole Phillips out of Bourne high school in Texas, big live arm throws touches, triple digits. Uh, obviously the blew out his elbow, but if he hadn't blown out his elbow, he wouldn't have been able, wouldn't have been available here for sure. So talk to us a little bit about him and what you think. Yeah, this is the player that for me screams Braves. I mean, you're looking at a guy with a huge fastball, a prototypical body, and he's mixed in a slider that could project above average or plus. This is, in terms of raw, pure upside, this is the best guy that they've drafted so far. And one of the arguably the best guy that they've drafted, you know, the best upside that they've drafted in the um, Alex Anthopoulos era overall. This is a player that has touched triple digits who would have been a much higher pick had he stayed healthy and was tearing it up on the Texas baseball circuit. You know, we haven't seen a ton of his change up. That's going to be kind of a question, but they've done a good job with other prospects at teaching change. We saw guys like Joey Estes last season and AJ Smith shower this season that went straight into full season ball 
and had developed those changeups. And I think he has some similarities to Smith Schauber in terms of, you know, his kind of package, that big body, big fastball type of player. Overall, this is a player that we're going to love a lot because we love to dream on these guys and that getting him in the second round, that's a huge pickup. I mean, there were other players there that we definitely liked, right? He's not necessarily the guy that was at the very top of our boards and we didn't want anybody else, but he's a guy that as soon as the pick went through, we all were messaging each other like, oh, we we like this one. Like, this is fantastic. And over, I mean, it's the best pick on the day. It makes what they did in the first round and the second and the comp round make even more sense. He's going to cost money. I mean, no doubt he's going to cost money and go over slot there. But the Braves, it's worth it because of the talent that they got. That's somebody that we're going to be extremely excited about. We're unfortunately not going to see him this year, but we'll probably see him next summer in the Complex League. And we will be eagerly awaiting his debut. Matt, I know this is probably one of your favorite picks in the draft, so I'll, I'll let you be able to wax poetic on the, the virtues of Cole Phillips. Go ahead. Well, first I want to correct one thing Garrett said. The changeup, where Garrett made it sound like it's something that really has to improve, I don't quite think it's that. I think it's more uh, the fact that he didn't have to use it much in high school because when you have a fastball that could hit 100 and a swing and miss slider and you're facing high school competition, there's really not much need to throw that because that is a pitch that makes bad hitters at the high school level more capable of reaching you and hitting you. So I think that's why he has a lower grade on his changeup, but I think he's at least shown some makings of a changeup. But uh, if healthy, this is not a guy that would have been there at that pick. This is a slam dunk first rounder if he was healthy. Double plus fastball is obviously the big thing, but that slider is going to be a significant pitch as well. Two swing and miss pitches, uh, the 6'3", 200-pound frame with some projection, uh, some promise with the changeup. Obviously, he needs a lot more repetitions with it. Um, he has a feeling for pitching, decent enough command. This guy could have gone top 15, top 20, at lowest top 25 if he didn't need the surgery. So there's a lot to like there. The biggest surprise so far with this isn't that the Braves took three prep pitchers. It's that the demographic of prep pitchers that they're taking or demographic of prep players that they're going. Because in the last couple of drafts, with Dana Brown and Alex Anthopoulos, the theme with the high school players that you'd see the Braves take, what is it? They're all young for the class, but not with Phillips or Richie. Those guys are both 19 years old. Both would have been draft-eligible sophomores out of college, which some teams will always hold as a red flag as a guy out of high school because they're facing your competition. But it doesn't really seem to bother the Braves. And even though it's something that they've shied away from under this current front office, they didn't really seem to mind going against the grain of what they've done in the past couple of years tonight. So that was something worth watching is they've really completely changed trends of going safe college guys and young high school guys with their picks in those first couple drafts and gone completely opposite tonight. 
Yeah, Phillips is an interesting case here because, first of all, I'm not really particularly interested on the, the change upgrade. Uh, kind of going, I, I, I like to have a, a prep arm that has thrown a change up a bit, but the, a lot of these guys just don't throw them uh, in high school. If they can throw above 90 and have a breaking ball that's worth anything, a lot of these guys just don't even bother throwing change ups. So, yeah, I give, I, I'll give a lot of these prep arms the benefit of the doubt, especially in the case of Phillips' case where he was actually hurt. Um, I, it's certainly something that he, he will have to have to stay at starter, but it's not something that I'm going to like kill him too much for like not having a, a much of a track record there. I will say, I tend to agree with Matt that I think that the, the, the slider is going to be the pitch that could be really interesting. I think that if, if, the, if the projection is there and it seems like there could be even be more in the tank in terms of the fastball, he could be a guy that's, you know, like routinely threatening the triple digits uh, down the line. If, you know, once he gets more physical and, you know, again, gets in a pro program and, you know, works out any kind of inefficiencies in his delivery, but his slider seems something that he could throw like upper eighties and get a lot of bite on it. It already, it already has times where it looks really, really good. But I think if you were to throw it a little bit harder and kind of get into that power breaking ball, kind of that, that sort of vein and that, that sort of, uh, I guess that sort of development path that could be a really, really special pitch and get a lot of silly outs. Uh, the fastball, I mean, you know, look, prep righties that throw hard, the, the track record is, is what it is, but at the same time, he's already had Tommy John surgery. That's a brand new elbow. And there's nothing that about his mechanics that makes me super concerned per se. And definitely could be a really, a really, really fun pick. I, I am a, where I'm curious here is with both Richie and Phillips, I know that both of those guys are probably over slot. I don't know how much though, because Phillips is hurt. Uh, the Arkansas commitment is certainly a concern, but you know, being a little bit older for the class, him already having to have Tommy John surgery, how much is he going to pitch, pitch his freshman year? Is he really wanting to bet on just one year to be a draft eligible sophomore? Maybe, but you know, if he's signing right now, maybe that the, there's a feeling like that maybe this might be his best chance at a, at a decent payoff. So maybe just maybe it's not crazy over slot, uh, right. That, that slot I think is 1.3 million. Uh, is that enough to pull a guy away from an Arkansas commitment? Maybe they need to go a little bit more. Do they have to go a lot more? I'm not sure, but from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like the Braves are immediately trying to shop, shop in the bargain, shop in the bargain bin on day two. So uh, they did, however, it does look like they tried to save a little bit of money uh, with their last pick in the draft, and that was uh, <laughs> Blake Burkhalter, the reliever out of Auburn University, a reliever that I like a lot too. Matt, I'll let you talk a bit about him, and then we'll throw it back to Garrett before we, I close things out. Go ahead. So, Barkhalter had a huge year this year. He led the country in saves. He had a very ridiculous video game type of uh, strike-out-to-walk rate of 71-7. to He uh, has a very interesting profile where it's hard to really see him as a closer, and he may or may not even have the ability to be a setup man, but he's got at least middle relief potential, and he's one of the better pure relievers in the college class this year. Uh, he's got a fastball that is up to 98. He got rid of his slider, a pitch that he really didn't have much control of, and added a cutter, which has really helped him with both the command over all of his arsenal and being able to attack hitters from both sides of the plate, which also would help in his ability to be a solid future middle reliever. Uh, it's clearly a money-saving pick because you don't take a pure reliever without 
closer ability this high otherwise. But when you take guys like that and still want to spread some money into day two, you do have to make savings somewhere. And this is not just a savings pick, but it's a savings pick where there's some actual value to the system, even though it's not as valuable as the first three picks in terms of just player value. But it, it is something, so. Garrett, what about you, man? Well, we have another wrinkle here because from at Chris underscore Willis on Twitter, our fearless leader, Dana Brown says they will try Blake Burkhalter as a starter first, which I have no idea what to think about that. I mean, he does have a changeup. That cutter is a fantastic pitch, and it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. I mean, with his effort and size profile i'm not really sure how he's gonna stick as a starter long term but clearly they liked what they saw from him and so it does somewhat change the evaluation of the pick because now we have to actually legitimately evaluate him as a probably low probability but regardless we do have to evaluate him with the idea that he could potentially start um I do think he's a reliever. I'm a little more bullish on him having set up potential just because I think that that cutter is a legitimately plus or better pitch. Um, the fastball is plus that has, has good arm side movement. And so those pitches, the way they move away from each other, that's there's a ton of deception there. If you tunnel that pitch properly and he has the command to tunnel that pitch properly, that's going to be very, very tough to hit. And now that he's mixing in a changeup that has shown some potential, you know, that's a guy that can get lefties out. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does as a starter now. I, that's going to be a wrinkle that I think we're just going to have to give it some time to really evaluate that, though I personally do think he is a reliever long term. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily change what his profile is in this draft. We don't necessarily think he's going to be uh, – I think we, we all agree that this isn't a pick that they spent a ton of money on. Um, I think this is, again, if they, if they can get a starter out of this pick, that'd be – they need whoever whoever's in charge of pitching development with the Braves and is in charge of making that happen, uh, give them a raise immediately. Uh, I do think he ends up being a reliever, but it's certainly worth taking a shot if you, if they, if – if they if they want to at least start down that path early, I don't see a reason why you won't at least give it give it an opportunity because switching to a reliever, you know, it's the switch from reliever to starter that's going to be far trickier than switching back. I think is the best way I know how to describe it. Uh, I do I do like kind of that power breaking ball. I do wish it got a little bit more movement, but the movement is late. So you know, theoretically, he you know, particularly against righties, I think he'll be he'll be super effective. Uh, lefties, as he kind of ascends the minor leagues, I'm especially as a starter that if they think he can develop that change up, then I could see it, but I don't see that breaking ball being particularly effective against lefties. Um, the, I think the fastball is good enough, but I, it, it'll just be interesting to kind of see how kind of what his pitches and what, ha, what their usage is as a starter in terms of, that grand experiment is when he's going to be a starter. I do ultimately think he ends up as a reliever, but considering what we think, and again, we don't know for sure yet, uh, what we think is that this is kind of a cost savings pick uh, at the end of round two here. My guess is that, you know, if they if they want to get even more value out of it and they end up thinking that they can get a starter out of it, so be it. That's great. Uh, otherwise, you know, again, I, I'm a little bit more bullish than Matt. I think that he has a chance of being kind of a, a, 
a, a late inning guy, but I think it will be kind of somewhat matchup dependent. I don't think he's a guy that if you you know have two really tough lefties, uh, that maybe that's not the guy you use for that particular that particular high leverage situation. But if you have a couple righties that you know are 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 really tough, and then maybe a lefty that is maybe a little bit softer, he's a guy that you can put in that situation. So just kind of again, we need to get a more looks at these guys too. That's worth mentioning too, is that we have had all of just a, in in the case of Burkhalter, like less than an hour to kind of digest kind of what their stuff could or couldn't be. So a lot of these evaluations are going to change and we have to kind of just kind of see what they look like in pro ball, what changes they make. And the Braves are really good about kind of making changes that end up being pretty positive. So, uh, well, for Garrett and Matt, I'm, I am going to say that we are all quite tired. Uh, we still have some work we have to do for tomorrow. Uh, make sure you're taking a look at the site over at batterypower.com. Matt is going to have a day two preview going up sometime tomorrow uh, in theory um uh that we'll kind of talk about some of the names that he likes that the, for the for the braves on day two not necessarily anyone's connected to the braves but more just kind of giving a sense of kind of these are some names that we think would be good fits for the braves and then uh we're also going to be covering the brave the draft starting at two o'clock tomorrow that's when day two starts and that's going to be rounds three through ten uh that's going to be a pretty rapid fire sort of uh situation rather than tonight which seemingly took forever to cover if you don't want to miss a single episode of our draft coverage which we will be recapping every single day of the draft not just this one tomorrow there will be a recap show and th- and then the next day we'll be doing our right recapping day three and kind of our overall thoughts on how the draft went on that day we're quite happy with how things are going so far. It's very interesting. It is not a complete picture, though. We have to wait and see kind of what the picks look like. We are expecting maybe some pretty exciting talent to be added to the system on day two, and we fully expect to be able to tell you more about that. But if you want to make sure you do not miss those thoughts, make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power Podcast on whatever podcast platform you choose uh if you just subscribe to that feed not only do you get this podcast you get the flagship show hosted by the great brad roland the daily hammer hosted by the great sean coleman and then the unnamed show that is currently hosted by stephen tolbert and our fearless leader chris willis thank you all so much for all the support on the podcast and until next time we'll see you on the road